This is the Forgotten Ways podcast, the show where we explore what it looks like to both love God and honor the earth. Join me, Brandon Scott Elrod, in fun interviews with friends who are clergy, philosophers, politicians, business owners, and regular folks like you and me, who are all learning and growing in both our faith and our environmental stewardship. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Forgotten Ways podcast. We are joined today by Marilee Davis, longtime friend of ours. Uh, Marilee is a, first and foremost, a nature lover. As much as, as long as we've known her, that has been a defining quality. She is involved in many things, um, from volunteerism to raising and showing rabbits. Uh, you can you can explain that more for us. Uh, raising chickens, tending to horses, working at a, a veterinary clinic, like all kinds of things. So she's a nature lover first and foremost. She is a prayer warrior. She is a businesswoman. Uh, she's a lot of things. But very excited to have her on the podcast today. So welcome, Marley. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Marley, as long as we have known you, you are defined by a very central theme, and that is that you love animals. So have you always loved animals? How far back does that go? Uh, Do you come from a family that shared the same affections and and care, or where did that start for you? Yeah, well, it definitely started when I was a kid. I've loved animals since I can remember. Growing up, we had cats and a dog, and I always just was drawn to animals. Um, We lived next door to a ranch, so I think I was about third grade, fourth grade when I started pulling weeds around the barn up there in exchange for for horse time to get to play with a couple of their little ponies that were Mm -hmm. safe, you know, for someone of my age and size. So yeah, as long as I can remember, um, I would say that my dad is definitely an animal lover, Mm -hmm. always has been, uh, studied zoology in college, even though he didn't go on to pursue a career in that. Um, but my mom, not so much. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, or kind of split half and half. So was your dad, uh, did you get to participate in this kind of stuff with him growing up since that was a shared interest or was he, you know pretty occupied with job and being a dad and all that. I mean, he was occupied with his job and being a dad, but um, also it was just common ground that we had to be able to connect mm-hmm. on. So, and my dad always knew a lot, I think from his like shared interest and also his part of his college education. Mm-hmm. So he, I, he knew a lot of things about nature, um, whether that was animals or plants or, you know, sciencey stuff. So we were always able to connect around that topic. And I would say that's still true today. I don't think my dad and I don't have a ton in common, but we do have the animal theme in common. So okay, it's common ground. And is that, so when we talk about loving nature for you, is that mostly centered on animals or even more specifically than that? I mean, do you love the outdoors in general or is this, no, you really have a heart for animals. Um, I think it's more nature in general. Um, You know, I've always felt like I connected with the Lord the most easily and seamlessly in nature, whether that's been up at camp, sitting by, Mm -hmm. you know, a stream or checking out trees or, um, 
yeah, it's always been a source of inspiration, like awe-inspiring um, creation and nature. Mm-hmm. And then the animals, I think, are just are a part of that. Um, I think I, I think I, it's easiest to connect with God in nature, and I think I feel most myself and free when I'm caring for animals. Like okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So those um, those sound like they could be two different things. Um, the sort of the the camp example of being in nature, being you know the rocks and the big pine trees and away from it all. And and you mentioned connecting. You know, you connect better with with the Lord in that kind of setting. Can you even talk about what connection looks like for you? Connecting with the Lord. What what might that that look like as a pattern? Um, well, I think a pattern that he's used with me, well, first of all, I just notice nature, like even driving down the street from my house to here, I notice the trees, I notice Mm -hmm. the plants, I notice, I notice the birds, I see every hawk that flies around, like Mm -hmm. I just, I have a radar for that. And I've found in connecting with the Lord that he often uses the nature around me to talk to me about about something. Okay. Can I give just an yeah, example? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there Please. was one time I was sitting in my backyard and our backyard is very nature and animal oriented. Mm-hmm. We have rabbits and chickens and yeah. a couple dogs and we have this beautiful tree that's actually dying. It breaks my heart. <laughs> um, but we have a bird feeder attached to it. And most of the birds that come in and out of the yard are a little brown. I think they're sparrows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love sitting there watching them when I'm having my quiet time or whatever. And there was this one particular day, I don't remember specifically um, what I was struggling with, but I was feeling not great about myself. I was feeling I was I was needing the Lord to talk to me about who I was, okay. um, uh, sort of an identity piece. And um, I think I was struggling with comparing myself to others, which I think for women is kind of a a common theme sometimes. But anyways, um, all of a sudden, this beautiful bird with this like bright yellow belly flies mm-hmm. into the yard, and I'd never seen one like that before. And mm-hmm. so as I was enjoying it and watching it, I heard the Lord speaking to me like, "You, I see you like this bird, even more beautiful than this bird. Mm-hmm. Like, you admired the beautiful yellow on this bird, but I see you as, mm-hmm. you know, a bird of many colors. Like mm, I, I delight wow. in you the way that you are delighting yeah. in this bird. So that's an example of a how special moment. Yeah, a special moment, and I f- often feel that God makes connections with me through nature and through animals in that way because it. I feel like it's my heart language. Like I just, I understand it. I, I understand my admiration and the beauty that I feel looking at nature, mm-hmm. and it helps. It, it when God flips it around, it helps me understand that he sees me and feels that way about me yeah. too. Yeah. I think that's actually a really important um, example that you bring up. You know, we, we live in a, in a pretty urban or suburban area. There's not a whole lot of nature, you know, like wild nature uh, that we can really engage with here. It's something we have to go away. We have to look for it. We have to find it. And I think that for a lot of Christians, the idea of connecting with God in nature is, is either this romantic idea that maybe is a little silly and 
it's not for everybody and you could you could you can have a similar or better connection by just you know studying the bible or something like that um and but the, but i think there's there's a truth to what you're talking about as far as being outside and seeing what not what we've made but what he's made um and receiving what he might want to be communicating or just inspiring us with mm-hmm. or any number of things. Um, and I think part of that ties in with the reality that a lot of what we're surrounded by as far as what we've built in neighborhoods and streets and the infrastructure and all these things are really a big distraction. Mm-hmm. They can really get in the way of, of hearing his voice of recognizing and noticing when he's wanting to get our attention. And, and yet, we, that's where we spend most of our lives. And so to actually have these moments of connection, of noticing him through nature, I think is how it was supposed to be yeah. in the first place. That shouldn't be the exception. Yes, I agree. So um, we've seen your backyard. It's it's a wonderful little retreat, Thank and you. yeah, it, it <laughs> seems like a a great setup that you've made to have those moments and to connect connect with the Lord on a recurring, regular basis, rather than having it be, you know, the the once a year kind of retreat. Far thing. off, yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. So okay, so that's one thing, connecting with God through nature. Then the other thing you mentioned is relating and feeling most comfortable is that what you said around animals or feeling most yourself around animals yeah feeling most myself and i don't know if i can tangibly tangibly explain that it's not like i don't love being around people also there's just something that rings true inside of myself when i'm caring for the animals or the horses a sense of like i was made to do this Mm -hmm. like this is good it's it's therapy. It's relaxing. It's it's work. I enjoy the work of it. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people are grossed out by picking up dog poop and cleaning stalls, but I <laughs> enjoy it. And I know that's weird. You, you do clean <laughs> a lot of poop. I do clean a lot, a lot of poop. Yes, I do. <laughs> of, of various types. Uh, yeah. So you have dog poop. You have rabbit poop. You have yep. chicken poop. Yep. You clean horse poop. Horse poop. poop. Uh, that's, that's and, a lot. you know, as a mother, I suppose, there's been <laughs> there's many that. years of cleaning my children's poop. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I would relate with that. For me, it's not about animals per se, but that same description of feeling like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where I'm supposed to be is, is how I feel around trees. Um, and, and maybe that distinction between using even just you and I as two examples of however many different types of people the Lord has created, Mm -hmm. that maybe this speaks to the reality that he designed us to fill certain roles in sustaining nature, bringing order to it, uh, you know, bringing health to it, um, and so on. So that would would make sense to me. Yeah. Okay, so... So since we mentioned rabbits, tell us about the rabbits. Uh, the rabbits are really fun. It's actually more my daughter's thing. Uh, she does 4-H, which is like a club for youth, and you can do various projects with many things, but many different animals. 
Um, I probably love it just as much as she does. I might be living a little bit vicariously through her with it. Um, but basically, yeah, we have rabbits in our backyard, and she has started up, she, we, us together, um, have started up a little breeding program for mini Rex rabbits. Um, and it's just been fun um, uh, learning about breeding them, caring for them. Um, for my daughter, it's been really good in teaching her responsibility and um, you know, commitment, sticking with something, and mm-hmm. realizing that you're in charge of something that depends on you for its well-being, food, water, love, good care, clean cages for safety. So mm-hmm. it's been a, there's been a lot of great teachable moments and, uh, and great learning experiences for her in it. Um, and then they're just super cute. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really fun. And, it, you know, she also shows the rabbits and I just, the thing that's been amazing to me is I didn't know there were so many things to know about rabbits like they just look like a cute bunny but right right. it's crazy they judge them on all kinds of confirmation and fur and the rabbit world is more in depth than anyone would have ever thought is it is it kind of like a dog show oh yeah very much okay yeah um my daughter will get up and show her rabbit so she'll go before a judge and in this instance she's being judged so the judge is judging okay. her on her rabbit knowledge how she handles the rabbit okay um so she walks through basically head to toe or head head to tail of the <laughs> rabbit um and the judge asks her questions so you know there's definitely a learning curve for her there and then the other piece is you're you're putting your rabbit into this tiny little cage all lined up with other rabbits and a judge who knows rabbit confirmation and what they get the most points for and all this by breed comes mm-hmm. and looks at your rabbit and judges them on that. So it's kind of both. Wow. How many, yeah. how many breeds are there typically represented there? Ooh, see, if Karis was here, she would know. I think there's, all in all, I think there's about 40, wow. 40, 40 to 50 rabbit breeds in the U.S. Wow. Um, that are recognized. And I don't know who came up with that. Um, Wow. But, okay. Yeah, but we have mini Rex, which are small and the softest rabbit you've ever felt. If you touch a mini Rex, you'll be ruined for any other kind of rabbit because <laughs> they have the most amazing coats. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So how how far have you traveled to show rabbits? <laughs> I think the furthest we've gone is Turlock up in Central California. Okay. Um, I have a dear friend Stephanie and her girls that also are in the Rabbit Project, and so for some of these shows that are further away and more fun because Central California is so much more rural than Southern California is, right. you get so many more people. So we take the rabbits, we sneak them into hotel rooms, <laughs> and we show them far away. It's been really fun. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You're breaking all the all the all the rules. Uh, sneaking, you're not sneaking beer. You're sneaking. We're sneaking rabbits, rabbits. and the kids <laughs> love it. Like, how do we how do we get them in? Keep them covered. We sneak in the back door. <laughs> like, I don't know. Wow, well, it's a lot of fun. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. So, all right. So you've been doing this for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you you also do a lot of work with horses, and that. You know, for for where we live, you know, we're not surrounded by horse country. Uh, it's something that you have to kind of seek out mm-hmm. and you have to be intentional about finding and investing into and being part of. Uh, which means that, by default, it's it's a really expensive thing yep. 
if you want to own a horse, raise a horse, stable a horse, anything like that around here is is really um, for a different uh, income level. Yes, you have yes. to. Yeah, you have to be doing really well to keep horses here in Orange County for sure. So, how have you been able to? I would imagine, like a lot of people listening, who aren't in that place financially, but want to be part and want to, um, you know. Uh, take care of horses yeah. and, and you know be part of that world how do you how do you do that how did you seek that out well I think it's important to start with I have always felt like God has provided all the horses for me my entire life okay I've never owned my own horse I've always just kind of been at the right place at the right time um, and worked hard uh, you know when I had an opportunity I, I learned everything I could I worked hard and I really feel like truly like God has always opened doors for me with that um, it's still my dream someday to own my own horse, mm-hmm. and that hasn't happened yet. But in the meantime, and for me, it's part of my understanding how much God understands me because he, I, I do believe he gave me this love for horses. And so it's part of his provision as a child, knowing how, how important they would be as a safe place, as a respite, as therapy, um, and as something to pour myself into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's any different at this phase of life. I, I still go up there to relax, to retreat, to process. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of processing, cleaning stalls. I think that's part of why it's, it's, <laughs> I like poop. it. Um, and I'm, if you're a horse person listening, you might maybe understand that. Um, I've heard I'm not the only one. But um, so yeah, like I think, and this is just an example with the, the current woman that kind of has um, my relationship with her has touched so many different areas of my life. Um, the the woman whose horse I take care of, I actually mm-hmm. met her at gymnastics um, for my daughter, okay. and there was just something in me that like knew any, I needed to talk to her, and that was I think I heard her saying she was a veterinarian, so I knew she was like okay. my kind of people. Yeah. Um, but as I got to know her, that's how I learned that she lived in Orange Park Acres, that they had a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, as a veterinarian, she was an animal lover. And we connected over a few things and just became friends. Um, and really, I, I don't have an explanation for it other than I think it's just God's favor and goodness. She reached out to me um, a couple of years ago because she had just had a baby and um, had just started up her own veterinary practice. And just didn't have time to care for the horses okay. and um, asked me if I would be willing to come up and help. And I, the reason I, I even attribute that to God is because horse people are very particular about their animals. I mean, oh, they're okay. for the most part, they're expensive. They're a liability. Um, you can get hurt around them and you really have to know what you're doing. So it was kind of a, it was a risk for her to reach out and ask me not knowing hmm. She knew that I had experience with horses, but it had been a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think you, you have to get your feet wet, and I think horse people need to learn to trust you over time. And I think I got really lucky and very blessed huh. with that relationship with her. And now, not only has she been like an amazing friend these last couple of years, but I also just recently started working in her veterinary clinic, which has been super fun. So, wow. She's been a very important animal person to me. And again, mm-hmm. I think it's learning to listen to those little prompts of like, go talk to that person. Like, right. I had no idea all that was going to come right. from, you know, introducing myself to her and mm-hmm. and chatting with her at gymnastics. So. Wow. so you mentioned several 
words similar to each other but different enough in regards to what the connection is for you. You mentioned respite. You mentioned safe space. You mm-hmm. mentioned therapy mm-hmm. uh, and a few others. Mm-hmm. So, um, and some of the others were related to shoveling poop. <laughs> <laughs> Processing. That was so the word you said. Poop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with those three in particular, respite, therapy, and safe, safe space, um, can you tell us a little bit more about how that happens? What, what is it about that or what that process might look like for you? Um, well, you know, I think there's something about being with the animals that just allows me to open up and connect with God. And I think that's because he put it there. Like he made me Mm -hmm. and knew that that would, when he designed me, he knew that a place that I would be able to go to connect with him would come the easiest through this conduit of either being in his creation, Mm -hmm. like in nature or being with his creation and caring for it. There's like, there's a joining with him that I experience when I'm caring for an animal or I'm planting something in the ground or watering something like mm-hmm. there's this when I'm something as simple as filling the water bucket for the horses like hmm. there's something I connect with God in that he he's allowing me to participate in a smaller role in what he does in my life for me and for mankind in a much larger role okay so does that just kind of asking the questions I, I think some people might be um, wondering about themselves is what might connection look like in in that moment is this are you praying the whole time are you are you sensing the Lord's pleasure and his presence are you um, or is, is something else happening what is what does that exchange look like um or That's is that question. even too specific? Um, I think it can be all of those things at different times. Um, okay. I, I do definitely pray often when I'm cleaning the stalls. Um, there's something also about being able to sit. Like one of my favorite things to do with the horses especially is like I really enjoy the connection and the relationship with them. Okay. I don't. If I never rode a horse again my entire life, I'd probably be fine. What I love hmm. is the interaction with the animal, the connection, and the relationship. Um, there's also something, I think, uh, the Lord speaks to me about slowing and stilling. Okay. Stilling, is that a word? St- Being yes, still. Yes, say it's a word. <laughs> Being able to sit back and even just watch the horses turned out or you know, interacting with each other. Okay. So it's a it's a place to pause and to look around mm-hmm. and to enjoy. Um, and again, I often find that because my heart opens and experiences so much love and admiration and awe for animals that God often uses that to talk to me about myself. Okay. Am I answering your question? Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. So it's... So it's it's um... it's an invitation to listen. I think that's what okay. the space outside and the space with the animals gives me. Um, I'm just I'm more open to hearing and connecting mm-hmm. when I'm in that environment. Um, and part of what's in, uh, conducive about that is is the the slowing down and the yeah. being still, and the noticing, being mindful 
Yes. Um, that would make sense. And even the work is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good work. It's enriching. It's productive. It's yeah. So that's an interesting take on things because I think when people... For you're describing work as central to the process. Animals are a lot of work. <laughs> but I think when we collectively talk about um, making a difference, when we talk about getting involved, I think the work part of it is really the minimal piece for people. They want to, you know, we, we kind of exalt the feel-good part of it. And that looks like the the reaping the rewards part. Like, oh, mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. Now it's fixed. Now we don't have to worry about this problem. The problem was associated with the work. And so the problem is solved now. We don't have work to do. Now we get to enjoy the fruit of our labors. Um, whether it's a cause that we've you know accomplished or a problem that we've fixed or a, a wrong that we've corrected an injustice that has been, you know, treated. But what you're describing is a regular engaging in the work. Yeah. And you're talking about work that is, I mean, back to poop. It never ends. Yeah. So (laughs) that doesn't sound very romantic from the romanticized, you know, viewpoint I think a lot of us have about being in nature, connecting with nature. Um, I think that's really interesting, and my question then would be, how how does the work piece inform the reward piece? Um, because it's such a central thing, um, and you've clearly described pleasure in the work, connection mm-hmm. in the work. Um, do you think, from your experience, that the work piece is supposed to be a central part like that's just inherent to the process of engaging in nature um was that too wordy (laughs) no i well i think well i guess where my mind is going with it is back to scripture um even in the very beginning that that was part of god's intention for man was Mm -hmm. to care for and tend to and name Mm -hmm. the animals the plants um, so I think it's good work mm-hmm. that he yeah. had in his mind for us to do. Um, and as you were talking, I was just thinking about, yes, it's a lot of work. I, I don't mind the process of working, um, but working is what you do when you love something and you care about it. You're willing to do the messy part and mm-hmm. the hard part because it's for the well-being of whether it's your garden, you know, being able to produce right. fruit or whether it's your animal being healthy because their stall is clean or they're getting the right food or clean water, they're getting exercise. So it's part of the tending to of it. And it's not, it just, I don't, it comes naturally. Like it's, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but it's, it's the work is part of the love because the creature or the thing that you're tending to depends on, yeah. On you doing it. Well, and, and to circle back to what you said earlier, um, the feeling like you were made for this. I'm connecting the dots as you're talking that, that if we go back to the opening pages of, of the Bible and, you know, early Genesis, first few chapters where 
the first mandate that God gave us was to rule the earth well, and to order it, to structure it, um, and to, to work it, to cultivate it. Um, that it all kind of comes together in that thought that we were made for that. Mm-hmm. We were made for the work. And that was, it, we were designed for that outside of paradise. When we were put in paradise, mm-hmm. that was still our task. Yeah. Cultivate it. I wonder what work was like for Adam and Eve right. before before everything kind of fell apart. Did they experience the same peace and joy and you know, I would imagine yeah. that they would fulfillment, yes, from doing the work that God gave them mm-hmm. to do. Um. And for those who view work as a curse or as the curse uh, on mankind after our forefathers, Adam and Eve, uh, blew it um, and kind of messed everything up, I think they handpick and selectively <laughs> process some of those passages that talk about. Um, the the curse of how difficult the work was going to be once they were removed from paradise. Like, oh, you got to work the hard soil. You got to do this yeah. the hard way. And so work was all, always central, but the curse now just made work less fruitful yes. and more difficult. Yes. And, um, yeah. So work is an inherent part of it. That, that resonates. That makes sense. So do you get the same uh, connective experience with horses as you do, uh, for example, with your dogs? Or is it a different thing? Um, you talked about observing the horses and watching yeah. how they interact and some of those dynamics. Obviously, dogs are very different creatures. Um, yeah. Is, how similar is it for you? Um, as you're asking that, I'm thinking probably not as much. I don't probably don't connect with the Lord as much through my dogs as I do with the horses. Um, and I think part of that is just like I love horses. They're they're my my favorite. Is part of that because one of your dogs is a spastic puppy? <laughs> Maybe who's <laughs> destroying everything, including the side of our house. That could have something to do with it. Um, <laughs> No, you know, and I love, I have always loved all animals, but horses have always been my favorite. And, you know, it's even interesting, you know, the Bible talks a lot lot about horses and Jesus is going to come back one day Mm. leading his army on a horse. Mm -hmm. Like there is something beautiful and biblical and sacred. And I think God likes horses too. I think he, I mean, he made them obviously, (laughs) but they have an important role in many things in the Bible. So, um, you know, over the last few years, I think the the biggest thing that God has been growing in me is is learning its identity issues. Who am I? Who am I in Him? Who did He make me to be? What did He mm-hmm. make me to do? And to start really getting in touch with my authentic self inside. And so, since this has always been such a big part of my life, um, it's a lot of what I feel like He's been bringing out and a realization of, I just don't love animals or I don't just love nature. Like that was something that God specifically placed inside of me. Mm -hmm. And I know that not everyone loves animals. You know, obviously God places different things in all of us, different passions, different things that Mm -hmm. light us up that we find Him in. but for me, for whatever reason, this is, you know, what he's put inside of me. 
And maybe it's, you know, we don't know so much about what heaven is going to be like, but I think it's biblical to say that we'll have jobs and roles in heaven as well. Yeah. And it, it makes me wonder, you know, myself and the other animal nature lovers out there as part of our heavenly role once mm -hmm. everything is restored. I mean, he still asked people to care for his land and his people before there was sin. And so I wonder... Maybe my job someday will be caring for the Lord's royal horses and his, you know, royal stable. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to think about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that's something that we, if we really were thoughtful in, in how we explored Scripture and in looking at some of those themes about the future, uh, I, I think we would discover that that's very much um, a reality. It's, it's very here based right it's mm -hmm. very it's not in the clouds playing golden harps it's it's here and there's work to be done and but it's it's with him right and so i, I, I think it's amazing yeah. it, it reminds me of the passage out of romans 8 uh probably starting at verse 18 that uh i think you know we typically process it in in a narrow theological perspective, but I think it, it fits our conversation right now. Um, Paul's writing, he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Wow. Yeah. The freedom and glory of the children of God liberating creation from its bondage to, to decay. I don't know what that is, but it's speaking to something really amazing and our role in it yeah. of redemption and restoration and, um, and that what we're talking about created life will benefit from it will be redeemed um i think that's pretty amazing yeah it sounds very free yeah it says we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time yeah it's awaiting our our work whatever and whenever that is is to happen You've been listening to the Forgotten Ways podcast with Brandon Scott Elrod. To find out more, visit ForgottenWays.org. Join us next time as we once again explore what it can look like to love God and respect the earth, beginning with our own heads, hearts, and homes.